we make information systems and we shouldn't forget that. Hi, my name is Eric Normand and I help people thrive with functional programming. This is going to be one of those thought pieces, I guess, um, less of a tutorial. Um, I want to talk about uh, what I was taught in school, what I see other people being taught, and my opinions on some of that. Um, so often when we're dealing with modeling a problem, we're taught to think about the actors in the system. So these are the entities that kind of act out the drama in the situation, in the simulation. Um, the example would be if you're buying things at a grocery store, there's like the shopper and there's the apples and oranges and bread that they're buying. And those we're taught to kind of model in our code. So you would make a shopper class and you would make a product class and then you would subclass it with orange and apple and bread classes. And then you would have some kind of methods on it. So if you have something like shopper, the shopper buys a bread as a, you know, a scenario, a use case that you have to implement, then you might put, you have to decide, but you might put the method buy on the bread or you might put on the shopper. Like it depends, right? But that's where the debate is. Like, where do you put it? Who's doing the shop? Who's the, who's the noun and who's the verb, you know, who's the subject and who's the object. And I've done those systems. I've done them as assignments. It's unfortunately I've done it so many times that it's the way I think, uh, when I'm working on side projects and things, but that's, that's the real, the real issue. I, I, I and I'm, I'm trying, I'm struggling to, to get to get to the meat of this and not be, uh, condescending, uh, because I, I do think that this is a problem with the way we're taught and the way the examples are in our, in our books, uh, and the examples our professors use because we're not modeling when you get to the real world and you're working at a business and you do finally have to, you know, you're, let's say you're working at a supermarket and they want you to code up their system. Uh, you're not actually going to be coding up a simulation between a shopper and a broccoli, right? That's not what is happening. Um, what you're modeling, what you should be modeling, what you should be implementing is the information system of that store. So if it's a successful store already, like before they're digitized, before they're computerized, they've probably already got information systems in place. Probably it might be paper and pencil. It might be in somebody's head, but it's a system already where they're writing down the inventory at the end of the day. They keep track of their sales. 
They keep track of how much money they think they should have in their cash registers. Um, maybe they're figuring out how many, you know, tomatoes they need to buy the next time they order tomatoes. Um, that is what we're modeling. We're not modeling the situation of the shopper picking up the broccoli and carrying it to the checkout counter, right? That is, that just almost doesn't even need to be modeled. Um, unless you're in a totally virtual environment and we'll, we'll get to that. Um, we're modeling the information system. We're modeling the transactions of money and product and there's shippers coming in, bringing truckloads of food. We're tracking that. We're tracking how long it takes for that food to leave the shelves. Um, we're tracking the how much storage space we need to keep our inventory. We're tracking all the employees and how much we have to pay them and how much profit we're making, how much revenue. Um, this is These are the things that that are part of the information system and they're left out typically when we are taught to think about a problem in software. Um, so I, I just want to, I, I just want to reiterate that we're, we model the information systems and, um, we often forget that we, we treat these exercises as, um, as telling us something about what, how supermarkets work, right? When that's not really, uh, what's going on. Um, I don't know if I have anything more to say about this, except that I do believe that the way that I've been teaching functional thinking, which is to divide things into actions, calculations, and data can help you uh, see that more clearly. So if you see where is data being stored or sent from one place to another, uh, what and being captured by devices, um, you think about calculations, what what computations are being done, and then when you think about actions, especially in terms of like essential actions, things that have to happen. Um, not like storing stuff in a global variable that doesn't have to happen, even though that is an action, but say making a particular, uh, computerized order, right. To another, to another fulfillment center. Um, that is an action that you want to happen and you can't get around it. And so what are those actions that are taking place by doing that? you get a little bit closer to figuring out the, the pieces that you need to implement in your system. Uh, it's not, it's not enough, right? It's ju that's just the start of the analysis, but it's somewhat closer than, um, what I consider the, I'm trying to be so nice here. So forgive me. I'm, I, I would not normally be so generous with this stuff. Um, if you, if you caught me, um, you know, alone and, and bought me a drink or something, I probably would not be so generous, but, um, we're taught to 
model things in terms of nouns and verbs or in terms of um, type hierarchies, is a hierarchies, you might say, inheritance hierarchies. And we're not modeling those aspects of the world. We're modeling the, the information system. Um, another example is I'm an, this, I literally had this exercise, uh, in my, in my school, we were supposed to model a university registration system. Uh, and so you have a student class and you have a course class and the whole exercise was about figuring out how to, where to put the methods and how to make it so that the student knows what courses it's registered for and the course knows what students it's re registered for. So the state of the course has to be maintained in sync with the state of all the students. Okay. Um, the problem is it's the same fallacy that, you know, you're, what you're simulating is students like writing their themselves, registering themselves into courses uh, instead of simulating or modeling the registration book or the registration system, computer system that exists at the university. Uh, that is what you should be doing. And basically you just need a single table that, joins the uh, students, the student ID with the, uh, with the course and to put in the course ID and to put some kind of object oriented front on top of that. Uh, like it's some kind of simulation, like the student calls register on the course and it passes itself as an argument. Like it's, it's, it's kind of a farce. Um, Right. So just don't forget, we're modeling the information systems, not this interplay of different entities. Um, and there, um, I hope this wasn't too much of a downer. Uh, if you want to listen to more episodes, you can go to lispcast.com slash podcast. You'll see a list of all the past, present and future and multiverse episodes and they each have audio video and text transcripts so you can pick the way you like to consume the content uh, there's also links to subscribe and how to find me on social media including email twitter and linkedin and i love to get into discussions so so fire away those discussions comments questions complaints anything We'll talk about it. Awesome. Rock on.